tip. Good afternoon. It is April 6th, 2021. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? Congratulations on your first bet victory. I did not think that I would live to see the day. I think that if I had any doubt that uh, I uh, that I wouldn't wouldn't win, that I would have made the uh, the consequences not so bad. But there was never a doubt until about uh, the under eight minute timeout that all of a sudden I had to look around the room and say, "Uh oh, uh oh, this isn't good." This is not how this is supposed to work. I had you right where I wanted you. I had the best team has been the best team in the country. All they had to do was win one little game and they got hammered last night. Well, it, it, it's been nice that, that we make these bet. And it, I don't know if anyone knows. I, I think we explained it a couple times on here, but w- there's three brackets that we're competing against. So it's best of three. It's not just one bracket versus one bracket in our competition here. It's been great that every year it has really come down to this last game or this last score. And that just makes the, the, the rooting interest, at least for me, so much better. But man, I'm nervous this whole game. Because this whole game, we are you're absolutely right. Baylor is destroying them. And I'm just thinking, how am I gonna lose this bet and how am I gonna live this down that I was up by twenty for pretty much most of this game. Somehow they end up I only up by ten at half and then are just stomping them in the second half. And I'm just waiting for the run. They get it down to nine at one point, and I'm like, this is this is it. They're, they're going to make one push here. They're going to get hot. And I, I, I couldn't fathom how I was going to lose, but I just felt like I was going to at least get a little bit more competition towards here, throughout the game. But I, it seemed like the better team won. Do you, do you have any objection to that? Like, it felt like they were just superior in so many different ways, whether it was their strength in rebounding, they shot a lot better, they had way more control of the pace of the game. W- did one thing stand out for you in the, that was pure dominant? The offensive rebounds. The, especially at the beginning of the, the game, in, it really it went, went, went the whole game. They had 16 offensive rebounds to Gonzaga's five, and uh, one guy... Vital had eight of them and it was just there were stretches like the the whole start of the game when Baylor went on their run was either they were hitting a shot or they were getting a rebound and scoring uh on on the on the second chance opportunities they had so many second chance opportunities and then on the the defensive end they just jumped in Gonzaga like Gonzaga looked it looked like a JV versus varsity game uh for most of the of the first half, for sure, Suggs uh, was hurt. But it's not like this was a team built around one guy. He was the only one that could do anything. They had a pretty well balanced team for 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 the year. So I was surprised at how well uh, Baylor was able to use their their length and athleticism, and just really frustrate them and have them uh, having a real hard time running their offense. It felt like Baylor came out with a way better strategy, though. That I think. Every coach dreams that their team could be this responsive of, hey, we're going to come out of the gates and we're just going to go for it. I don't care if we get in foul trouble. I don't care if it, we're just everybody as hard as you can the second that that ball's up. And it, and it felt like Gonzaga was a little jittery, a little nervous, a little hesitant here and there, trying to play their very slow and steady game. Meanwhile, Baylor's trying to play as fast as possible from the get-go. And the ironic part about all this is I felt like Baylor was being so aggressive and Suggs, on the other side, is the one who ends up in foul trouble early, 
and they never really bounce back from that. They start off the game, oh, I think down eight nothing, eight to zero, something like that. It was nine. Maybe nine nothing. Yeah. And then Suggs goes out, I think at maybe what the fifteen minute mark? Like it's quick. It was before it was before that. So here we are, it three was, minutes in the game. It was before the under sixteen timeout. He already had to come out because he had a he had a foul and he had a, and then then it was the charge. Three minutes in the game, you probably have one, maybe two baskets at your four or five points or whatever they were at, and you're down ten plus, and your best player is out. And the whole time I'm watching this lead grow and grow, and I'm like, man, are they just gonna gamble and just put Suggs in right now? Like it's it's happened before. It, it's it's something a player's capable of. I understand the strategy of keeping him out, but there is no tomorrow. So every minute that he he sits out for like eight minutes, it, I, it's a pretty standard college basketball thing to do. But I was the well, is as, as the lead grew and grew of just you just gotta put him back in there before it, it, it the the mountain's too big to climb. Well, that led into the next issue that I thought is because of this, their whole rotation is off the whole first half because now Suggs is back, but Suggs is playing with a different group. Because you can't just play the same guys the whole game. I think a lot of guys played a bunch of minutes, but it's just the rotation, you still got to get some guys in there. So then I felt like they never really came back with their best punch until the very end of the first half when they started making the run again. And it's like if you just played with that group the whole game, I think we get a game out of it. it <laughs> but that's not what happened at all. That's, that's a big hypothetical. Uh, How much do you give to the, the, the theory that they – looked slow and looked a little out of sorts because of their, uh, I'm going to call it miraculous win on Saturday night against UCLA. I think they saw one of Baylor's big men centers sky over them for a rebound. And they were like, Oh, we're going to have to outsmart these guys. And then it was like, Oh man, we're down by 20 and we're still playing Virginia basketball being all slow and running our offense, which is what made them so good. I was more shocked that they didn't make adjustments into trying to shoot more threes. I was impressed they didn't just panic and chuck up a bunch of threes either. But it's like you're not going to get back into this game. You keep giving up threes and never attempting any. It was like midway through the second half, and Baylor had made more threes than Gonzaga had attempted. And I was exactly where you were of uh, you're kind of at you got to adjust the variance somehow and you're going to lose this game if you keep doing what you're doing because you're going down and trying to get a two, and then they're coming down and splashing threes just left and right. Of You need to up the firepower, and you got to take some, some some bigger swings here, and for sure you're going to strike out, or there's a possibility you're going to strike out, but this is your only chance to hit a home run and, and make this a game. I thought Baylor also did, for the most part, there's a, there's a handful of examples where they weren't great at this, but every time like Timmy rolled or somebody rolled, they didn't give up a lot of and ones, and there was a lot of times where I watched them just give up the layup, and they were like, "All right, that's fine. We're we're gonna score on the other end. We're we just we're trying to avoid being in foul trouble." They eventually got in so much foul trouble in the second half. That- Baylor was 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 real tough. Uh, I think even when they they fouled, they they really got their money's worth. And a couple of times I saw they got they were they were called clean blocks, and so they they start started and blocked the ball, but then afterwards we're hitting, hitting the arms. And just as, as a basketball player, it just, it just wears on you. It's like, this is a lot of contact. I, I don't want to deal with this. I, I was very impressed with Baylor. Do you have some sort of all time feeling about this team? Or this is just another, another year of college. Does this team stand out any better? Because there was moments. Oh, this is, this is a big time asterisk year. This I think we team... all know that. This, 
I still feel like this team, when they locked down on defense, the active hands, there was like three possessions in a row where they just take it away from the guy. Like he's just trying to pass it, and at some point... Especially in the first half. They just take the ball. I, I And the way I saw Gonzaga be dominant all year. I mean, they haven't lost a game, which I think we're going to have to talk about. They only lost one... The, until, until Saturday, they only lost one game by uh, single digits. All the other games were double-digit victories. Yeah, I do you think... Do you think that was a – it's so weird to say this, but doesn't it feel like that that was a, a weakness of them, is that they were never really down in a game, that they never lost a game, that they never really had to make adjustments at halftime? It was just, this is what works. We're going to keep doing it. It's it's almost like they they were so good at their their A plan that they didn't bother making a B plan because why would you ever need that? You know, if A is working, it, you just keep doing that. It, it's running It's running great. I – I agree. And what else are you supposed to do? Like, you, you, it keep it keeps working. And I, I think you mentioned a couple of times if if they didn't get just jumped on right from the beginning, it's a it's it's a different game. So then in the second half, when you cut the lead to nine, rather being nine, if it's more of a tie game, I think things are just just a little a little bit different. But they uh, they, 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 they once. UCLA happened on on Saturday, which those two games were definitely flipped. I expected Baylor Houston to be close and Gonzaga to blow out UCLA, and that was not the case. And even at halftime, I uh, you know checked on on, on Twitter, and I, I had said the same thing in, in the room. I don't know if I had said it to you. Was UCLA has just played an incredible half. They're hitting all these tough uh, two point like long twos and with guys right in their faces, and they're still down one point. Gonzaga is going to come out, and they're going to smack them around the second half for sure, and everybody online was saying it, and that is not the case. UCLA played them real tough, and I don't know if Baylor saw something, was able to take advantage of it. Uh, I didn't see UCLA take advantage of uh, Timmy so much, but Baylor definitely, they were getting, they were using the, the LeBron switch onto, uh, on, onto small defenders. Of, oh, but with, with Timmy, of you are too slow. We were going to get you, we were going to get you dancing, and we were going to go past you, and we were just going to create havoc. And it seemed like any time that their offense slowed down was we are just going to go to this, and we were just going to cash our check for buckets. The big swing on that switch, that was what, what this is what the difference was in the blowout and this being a game, was they made a bunch of threes. When you make the threes on that switch, it, it's almost like you're forcing the defense to say, all right, we can't keep giving up these threes. We have to force easy layups on the roll right there. And they feel like they got burned on both ends of it. Like, they didn't guess right on one. They didn't take advantage either. They, they didn't stop and this or, or that. Gonzaga even uh, tried to tried to go zone. I think they've played – I saw on, on Twitter somebody had said it was less than 1% of possessions this year. It was something like 22 individual possessions. They, they went zone, which I thought earlier in this tournament I had seen them gone, go, go zone. But maybe it was uh, – they had just kind of done a done done a press, but that seemed very much like a uh oh we we gotta throw the kids at sink. Let's try zone. Maybe right. that'll confuse them. And you 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 know the zone better than yeah. anybody else. Do you, right? you want to know Sometimes why that, that could just throw you off? You want to know why that the, the kitchen sink is exactly the way to describe that because the zone has obvious weaknesses, and I've talked about this in the past. Of this, the zone. You're forcing the other team. You're you're hoping the other team just makes a mistake, whether they take a shot too quickly because they're able to get open threes a little bit faster. Because 
you can't guard the whole perimeter of it. So if they shoot a three quickly and they miss, you're, you're forcing them to take a shot they might have not have ever taken otherwise, and they, they, they force a miss out of it. But the other weakness of it, other than being able to control the pace, is you can't rebound. And these were already things they weren't able to stop in the man. So I was like, why are we attacking them to a defense that's forcing them to do exactly what they want to do in shooting open threes and rebounding over you guys? Is they just got destroyed in the rebound. It was a little quirky that I think they were – I don't think anyone prepared for Gonzaga to play any zone. I doubt that was mentioned in any of the prep because of whatever no. reason you just mentioned. So I think the only effectiveness of that was just like, whoa, this is really happening. These guys have abandoned a successful ship that hasn't lost a game this year. And now they're just doing this. We didn't practice this at all. But I think by the second half, they might have shown it like for a glimpse early. And they're like, we've already figured this out. We're, we're, we took one halftime oh, yeah. of a timeout, yeah, and they, we, they we made adjustments. It. And what was interesting is the reason that they flashed uh, running the zone was because they are having trouble, like I said, with uh, Timmy in, in pick and rolls and having him having to be on a, on a guard at the perimeter. It was just a, uh, it was just a high pick and roll. It's a pretty basic basketball. I don't even know if you call it a set like so much like that is making it too complicated. All it is, is the the big man that is guarding Timmy comes up and sets a pick for the point guard. That that's it. That's the only action. Uh, The last point I'll make that I thought Baylor did really, really well was their control of the pace the whole game. If they got a turnover, they're running as fast as they can. If they if the ball went in or it's off a turnover, we're using up the whole shot clock. We're walking it up the court. We're gonna do a couple handoffs up top where we're just move. We're just making the defense work for thirty seconds. We're just gonna. I'm gonna hand it off to you. You're gonna cross over up top here. We're gonna hand it off to the other guy. Then we'll do that pick and roll thing. And and we're just gonna we're gonna have the ball the whole game. You guys aren't gonna have it when you want it. We're gonna have it when we want it. It, it felt almost like a football control of just we're gonna do whatever we want this whole game. Which is interesting because Gonzaga was top ten in uh, adjusted tempo this year, according to uh, according to Ken Palm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to talk about here? You want to talk about some bet consequences that you got to live with right now? Well, I made sure before the game to tell you, so it didn't come out afterwards as like just to cover all my bases of like something something's wrong with my knee right now. Uh, we're we're not really sure what happened. Uh, I've been doing my my regular workout, which is a bunch of plyos, and I did those on Wednesday. And then Friday morning, when I woke up, I was like, "Ah, something's not quite right. I'm I'm gonna skip the skip the workout today." I had uh, had some some things to take care of anyway. And then throughout the weekend, it just got worse, and to the point like yesterday, I haven't worked out. I didn't even do my my ten thousand steps yesterday, which I haven't missed that in probably about a year now, and will not be doing it again today. So hopefully, in the next couple of days, this just kind of clears up because. I'm going to need that to, to be able to, to do the, the consequence uh, would have been a lot easier if it was the facial hair, because now that lens over facial hair is growing back in, that seems a lot simpler now. See, I'm looking uh, at it but, the opposite way is I could finally shave because I was trying to get a head start on whatever get, consequence was going to have, because I didn't want to do another six months into trying to grow an actual mustache. I was going to use a three month start. I had just to get the, get, get a head start. <laughs> that was, that was smart. So I, I haven't, really thought through my plan because like i said until late last night was the first time i even entertained the idea of like oh wait i'm i'm gonna have to learn how to do a backflip so i guess i'm gonna have to look up online uh i was for sure 
there was going to be a crazy comeback after you Snapchatted me like a whole bunch of backflips. It was like, <laughs> oh, perfect. He broke he broke the one rule that like is going to give me a chance of like gloating early. And he did on Snapchat of like, I'm not jumping in all the way. Oh, but no, this I'm has to disappear. Jumping in. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much. Like, yeah, I can I can deny this happened. But I to, to, to wrap the, you know, the generally all up. This was the worst college basketball season I've, I've ever experienced. Uh, Duke was, was, was bad. There was a COVID outbreak at the end of our season. Uh, we didn't hit squares. Uh, I lost the, the bet between us for the first time, that, which also meant that you won the, 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 the money league. So I also had to, had to pay you money. So that wasn't fun. So big asterisk on the year because you said – you would have for sure picked uh, Gonzaga in a couple more leagues if you had had more time. So I think you know you have to you have to have that that asterisk on your name as well as just the COVID. I don't even know if we should have played this year. I've been saying that all year. I <laughs> I did the math on the one major change I know I absolutely would have made on one of the brackets. So I don't know if you heard from the previous podcast, but uh, you might have found this out on Yahoo as well. I think a couple other people had this issue. Was when I entered two leagues, they were both on Yahoo. I thought I was creating uh, individual brackets for each group because I wanted to put one bracket in here and one bracket over there just to have a couple of varieties because if it doesn't go one way, I don't want to double down on everything. Well, it turns out I did exactly the opposite. I did double down. I entered the same bracket into each. So when I made this, the second entry and all the changes I made, all it did was change my first bracket. So it <laughs> turned out to be very fortunate because I picked Baylor in that one because I wanted to have Baylor winning one. But Zach is right. I openly admitted early on that I probably would have had Gonzaga in two out of the three groups and instead had Baylor in two out of the three groups, which was the only difference maker in, in the success of beating you this year. So I I, I guess uh, thank you for screwing me over. I mean, he doesn't send me this group invite until like 10 minutes before the the tip off of the day this is not how it happened i sent it to him way earlier in the week and then it's not until right beforehand that you told me hey this wasn't working for me right could have easily told me that earlier but maybe this is going to be your thing now uh i agree with the the yahoo it was a little different this year because i did the same thing and then just because i was constantly checking it because i was excited for for the tournament to happen uh realized like oh hey i gotta like exit out of a, I had to leave a group to, to go back in. Uh, but I was happy to have the tournament, not happy with really anything else. Uh, if, if it wasn't for, I, I paid out the, uh, you know, the money, we're still figuring out our thing. Cause we got a little more, a uh, little more uh, things, things to handle, but I'm trying to put this year behind me. Uh, I'm already excited. Duke got a, uh, a five-star recruit uh, over the weekend. Uh, the road to New Orleans has officially started. I applied for Final Four tickets. It, it's it's next season now. It, the only remnants is that I somehow got to do uh, uh, some some very fancy uh, gymnastics, and I don't know how that's going to go. So I'm just still trying to trying to power through that. Are you are you going to guarantee victory for for next year? Because I feel like that's the only reason I won this year is I guaranteed victory months ago. I heard, even the second I, I lost last much, year, I said, I guarantee I win this year. How much was it guaranteed victory versus how many times you said that you were going to rig it in your favor? I feel like I did rig it. I, I, I doubled down without even knowing. I subconsciously rigged it. If, my, if those two brackets aren't the same, I probably lose 
I might have lose. I might lose both of them. I might have only won one. I yeah. I don't know. I I was really confident with uh, with Gonzaga because going in when I was filling them out, I was thinking two for Gonzaga, one for Baylor, and then just spur of the moment was like, you know what? Gonzaga's been the best team all year. They're far and ahead, uh, like better than everybody else. Like this is the team. This this is it. They smacked around Iowa. Iowa's been good all year. They smacked around uh, West Virginia. West Virginia's been good. This is it. They beat Virginia. They 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 scored ninety eight points on Virginia. Virginia, like the best defensive team in the in the country. So it's like no, nah, just just triple down. This is going to be great in your acceptance speech to be. Like, I, I was confident, but it did not work. Well, I'm not the only winner this year. We did have a winner of our group. I almost won that one as well. I don't know if you did saw you see that. you took second? I did end up finishing second. I really wasn't paying attention to it until I was like, all right, we got to pay somebody. And uh, we, we still have not actually made contact with this person. Uh, I did post a note on there. If you guys know who Alan is, A-L-A-N of Massline MPC, you are the winner, my friend. All right. So we got to get an email from you to send you the Amazon gift card for $100 as well as uh, some sizing and color choices for the podcast T-shirt that we will mail to you. Uh, but that only works if we are able to get in touch with you. So um, I, I, oh, I did message the group. I emailed everybody in the group. So if you know who this person is, please contact us, uh, either our email, lcalcb at yahoo.com, or on any of our social medias, our on Twitter, lcalcb podcast, or Facebook, little of column A, little of column B podcast. Uh, so reach out to us. Otherwise, uh I was second. Otherwise, we're moving on to a third place person, and uh, it just doesn't seem as worthy to me. So hopefully, this works yeah, out. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, congratulations to Alan. You say like you were close. You took second, but I'm pretty sure that you were uh, 25 points behind him. Yeah, I made some mir- Baylor winning. I-, I didn't realize that that many people didn't pick Baylor a- until I jumped the standings because Baylor won. Oh. Uh, I'm, well, I I blew that out of out of proportion a little bit. It was he had 134, you had 121, so it was it was only 13 points. But 13 points is a is a big jump. Uh, I feel like normally it's uh it's much closer. Now on the flip side, our little friends and family one with with the little side money gig on there. That one was purely based on my upsets. I I picked a bunch of wild upsets. I hit a couple of them. Uh, that was one of the leagues where we had bonuses added for those. Uh, Next year, are you are you going to be a little bit more aggressive with the upsets, or it, we're just asterisk on every year? There's nothing to be learned from this. We're we're putting it all in the past. Oh, this is an asterisk year. No, nothing's going to be like this uh, ever again. Uh, next year, we're going back to all the all the good teams being back in the tournament, doing it you know correctly. It's it's going to be it's going to be completely different. Uh, it's going to go back to like I said, blue bloods. Uh, as as the teams in blue bloods as the as the guys filling it out which is which is me well, and one, it's going to be one thing that will be completely different absolutely be different next year is duke will no longer be competing against roy williams roy williams has announced his retirement it doesn't feel shocking it just feels weird like it's different at, at some point these guys are going to retire it just feels like such a staple of college basketball and it really shouldn't make that much of a difference to the program going forward, but it does feel like such a massive end of an era. Like, what if this is UNC was never the same after this? It, I, I know you're a biased Duke fan, but uh, any, I mean, are you excited to not lose to Roy Williams ever again? 
Uh, well, I, I think that they're going to continue with, with their success. Uh, it, it's not like he was the only guy there that has had success. Uh, he was successful at Kansas before he came to, to UNC. Uh, Dean Smith was there before him. He's a legendary coach. But anytime you have a Hall of Fame coach that steps down, uh, 900 wins, three national championships, was definitely a, a worthy adversary that uh, I definitely saw twice a year. I don't really know UNC without Roy Williams being there. So next year it'll definitely be odd not seeing him on the, on the sidelines, kind of some terrible timing when he retired, he retired on April fool's day. So the first whole part of it is just like, Oh, well, this is an April fool's joke. Like these guys, him, coach K and Beheim, like they're going to coach until like, they're just like physically not able to. So I, I assumed it was, a, it was an April fool's joke until I, I think it was like his press conference where it's like, Oh, Oh, this, this is for real, for real. It, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's a little weird to me that these guys are this old and they're still doing this job. And I don't know if they're under, if they're retiring cause they can't do it anymore or they don't want to do it anymore. It seems like such a weird decision for them to do at such an old age. Cause what are you, what are you moving on to? If you could still do this, don't you think you'd still want to? Cause if you want to move on to something else, you might have done that already. I mean, what age are these guys had? I, I put that he's seventy. I put this this group of guys kind of in the same group. I think you would as well. Of, of Coach K, Bayheim. I think we had a couple other older guys retire this year as well. Like this, these guys are yeah, going to coach yeah, forever. Oklahoma coach. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. I, yeah, I, I am too. Lionel Hunter. Was it the old Kentucky coach? No, I don't think he was. No, are you thinking? You think he's someone else? Uh, Lon Kruger. I don't know where I got that other name from. Yeah, we're professionals. A uh, little column A, a little column B. Uh, <laughs> very qualified individuals here. Uh, speaking of qualified individuals, I'm just going to jump out of this into more drama right now. Into the, the. Uh, I mean, you think ESPN is hiring now that they've uh, released a, one of their analysts? One of their former basketball player analysts has been, I guess, straight up just fired. I didn't actually read the the press release. Uh, but Paul Pierce is a free agent, so we can either add him to the show or we could take his job. W- which angle do you want? Uh, I think we might be too small for <laughs> for him to, to join our show. Uh, there's just not a lot of room, you know, for, for a third person. So I just don't know where he would fit in. Um, I... I wish ESPN, I guess I just always hope that ESPN isn't going to be a Disney company. And I'm always disappointed that it's like, of course this has happened. They're a Disney company. It's just part of me has never stopped rooting for it to try to be different. And every time it's like, no, that'll never be that. It's always going to be this. Well, do you want to explain why why he was fired? I was going to kind of leave that to you. I felt like uh, I might get in trouble describing it. Oh, so this was on... Friday night, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it, it was Friday night. Uh, late, he did a did an Instagram live. Uh, definitely partying. Uh, see, you know, you could just tell. It's like, oh, he's he's having a good time. There are two girls in the background in bikinis. One is twerking. The other one just kind of around. He is uh, he's he's playing poker. So for sure, definitely a, a racy video. Something that you don't really want to uh get to your place of business but 
when I first saw the headline, because I hadn't heard about any of this, I this this is then coming up. Uh, I think it was yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon. I saw uh, ESPN is ending its business relationship with Paul Pierce, and just like, oh no, like what what happened here? So to go and see that, oh he he was partying and and he videoed it and people you know screen shared it and everything and passed it around and went went kind of viral. Like, whew, okay. It's like with all the stuff that's happening, it's like, oh no, did he say something anti-Semitic? Did he say something that was anti-Asian? Uh, is it like a domestic uh, violence situation? Just There's so many just way worse things that seem to just constantly like come up. It's like, and this isn't even just a like East Penn guy. Like, this is Paul Pierce, like, the last guy that, that won a championship with the Celtics. Like we, <laughs> We we've both been with him for for a while, so if he does something real real bad, it's just like oh man, like I got like a one of his uh you know one of his shirts, and just like oh, well, is this gonna be like an awkward thing where this was just like the the best case scenario afterwards? He uh, has been like a little weird about it, but it seems like it has not been a real main concern for him of kind of like hey, I got money, and it almost seems like maybe this is a little bit on purpose. Of, I, no, I, I don't really that, want to work here anymore. I have that conspiracy that I do think it was on purpose. I think somebody had already told him not to do this, and I think that was enough. Like I, I think that's all it would have taken to get to where we're at right now. It's just for one person to be like, nah, man, you can't do that. You really shouldn't do that. And he's like, I'm, I'm Paul Pierce. I've been Paul Pierce for a while now. I'm not going to just stop doing that because, because of you. It did make you happy. Like I'm going to continue to live and be Paul Pierce. If Paul Pierce wants to do that, I think... <laughs> I think Paul Pierce should be allowed to do that. But, I, I mean, I get that those are tough jobs to get, and that this is one of the challenges of it, is you need to keep this persona of clean, and you got to keep those Mickey Mouse ears on. And that's just not a family-friendly move right there. So I, I'm i not shocked by the results of it. I wonder if there is pretty Were you surprised history. that it wasn't a, uh, a suspension rather than a, rather than a firing? No, well... It depends. The thing is, they they rotate these guys every couple of years, anyways. So, the suspension just would have been: we're going to suspend you until your contract's up, and then we were going to replace all of you, anyways. So, what's really the difference here? If you wanted to move on and do something else, let's just get rid of you. And I actually, I thought Bill Simmons made a decent point on the the last podcast here, talking about how ESPN is slowly learning that the less of a deal they make about all of this, the less attention it gets. So, like, if they make a big old firing and a big old statement and, like, you know, are really stern about all of it, it just makes more eyeballs watch. And I, I know I, that's what they do want, but that's the wrong kind of attention. So to kind of just fire them and just let it go off to the side, I thought was almost the smarter thing to do. I don't think they made a huge deal about this. I think we all made a bigger deal about it than they did. I mean, ESPN isn't, like, weakened by this, and I don't think Paul Pierce is either. This is... Are- and that, that, that's the thing is uh it, for sure it's a racy video uh in all the disney contracts you have a morality clause so if they think this is a, is against that like they, they for sure had the right but nothing that he was doing was it was illegal he was playing poker there were sexy girls around and i guess depending on the state and he he may have been smoking marijuana but without like a further investigation and in, in a lot of states that's totally legal all all things that are legal and kind of more of a like, like you said, it was just like kind of a conspiracy that he did this on purpose, almost as like a, you can't tell me what to do, but it does seem like a, like you don't really make this mistake anymore of, oh, I didn't know like if you videoed, like it was going to go all over the internet. It's like you kind of know and 
maybe he was not loving what was going on at work and thought it would just be a suspension and was surprised that it uh, got ratcheted up to a full on firing. But uh, I'm sure that he'll, uh, he'll land on his feet and be able to do uh, still whatever he, he, yeah, he wants not, to do. I'm not worried about either party. They're going to be totally fine. If anything, if anything, I think we would both gladly switch positions with, with either of them. We could be ESPN. We could be to Paul Pierce. I think we would both, most people would still rather be in their shoes right now, despite both of them splitting up essentially. And it's, I don't think he was especially good at anything. I thought it was cool to have an ex-Celtic on there, but I'll be honest, more often than not, I didn't want to hear Paul talk about anything else other than Boston. Hearing him analyze other guys or be critical of other guys is like, you're just creating more enemies, guy. You have a fan base. Just cater to us. Get Go go, go talk to Scal and, and everyone in Boston. I don't know why. I mean, I, I doubt this was a long-term solution for him anyways. I think he was shocked that they asked him to be on all these shows on ESPN to begin with and was just kind of riding it out. I mean, do you think Paul Pierce had all of these shows written on him the second, like when you knew him? I, I never envisioned him doing this. I didn't really envision Perkins doing this either. I think it is funny that you mentioned Perk because I feel like both of them have kind of gone in the same groove of people reaching out saying, did you hear what they said? And just off the wall sorts of things that it's just exactly what ESPN and hot takes is what you're looking for. You're not necessarily looking for a, reasonable well thought out take you're looking for wait what like you're look, viral like, you're looking what, for a me, you're looking for a loose cannon with credibility yeah. and that's what yeah. all these players have they have the credibility because they were there they played with guys they played against a lot of guys like perkins i think is the perfect example of saying look i played with paul i played with kg i played with ray allen rondo i was coached by doc and then i played against dwight howard in his prime i played against you know bynum and kobe in in their prime like i played there's there's credibility in that that we can't take away from it. But the weird thing is, is that the game, it's just so it's it's changed so much. Like even just Shaq feels so old already. And and if, just maybe it's just because he played for so long. It, it it's a, it's just a generational gap that I I don't know why ESPN keeps hiring these people. Is it just because we well, want to watch they, it? They hired they hired Pearson. Uh, 2017, which is pretty much right after he stopped playing. So it's like you can't get much closer to the players that are playing than by hiring a guy the same year that he he retires. I mean, Pierce definitely hung around uh, uh, a little bit longer than than other guys. But I, I think the next closest thing would be kind of what they do during the playoffs sometimes, where they have active players on on the shows, but. I, I like I, that. I, feel like I think those are great. And just a lot of those shows in general, it's just so scripted that a lot of the stuff you, you're not really getting anything. And so Pierce and Perk try to liven it up. But a lot of times it's just, I, I can see through it. It's so transparent. Like you're just saying these things to try to go viral. And that brings in viewers. That is how the business is done. But for me, it's just, it's, it's easy to, to, to walk away from. All right, Zach. So, I guess we should just make the agreement right now that if any of us release videos at strip clubs on Instagram live that, you know, one of, one of us has got to part ways or we need to both be cool with it. Like, are we, what, what's our ruling on this? What's, what's, uh, what's I don't have a morality clause in, in my contract. <laughs> I, was so I, don't, say, I don't think our, our interns think, still uh, accountable. Is that, does that count? <laughs> Uh, it's hard enough to keep an eye on these interns and what they're doing. So I, I, I don't think we should be pushing away, away help. 
But where do you think that uh, that Paul Pierce uh, ends up next? Do you think he goes to another uh, another media role? Do you think this was kind of it, and now it just it just kind of goes away? Where I mean, he'll pop up here and there, where you know he still has access to social media and everything, but it's not necessarily a okay. Now he works works for Fox Sports or something. I think we're gonna lose interest in Paul Pierce. I think he's having this idea that I lost my job because I was on IG and look how popular and cool I am. And he's going to continue to do that. And just nobody's, nobody's going to care anymore now because now he's just Paul Pierce living his life. He's not Paul Pierce working for ESPN doing stuff. We know ESPN doesn't want him to do. I thought there was something juicy in that. And now that that's gone, eh, you know, I mean, yep. I'd love, I'd love for him to do more stuff with Boston though. I, I, I hate to keep a little more local. Yeah. Well, I just, it's, it feels like the window is kind of there if he wanted it. I mean, Scal and Perk are doing a great job right now. I love Scalabrini on the call. I, I'm glad Gorman is still doing there. We have not recovered from Tommy Heinz. Honestly, the league has not recovered from Tommy Heinzen because now I listen to all these other local people, and I'm like, there was really only one, and we just lost him. And he was for my team <laughs> in Tommy Heinzen. It just It's irreplaceable, one-of-a-kind personality, and maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what the modern – Tommy Heinsohn is, is a, is a wild Paul Pierce. It's uh, just a diehard Celtic fan that probably isn't going to put anything a- a- ahead of him, but he's such an LA guy that I don't know if that's really what's been the withdrawal from everything. Yeah. I don't really know where he's, uh, where, where he's going to, going to end up where like this thing is, it's not like other people in other roles where, well, you have to do something because you need to make money. It's like, I'm assuming he's still like a multimillionaire. He, if he doesn't want to work another day the rest of his life, he, he can just go do that. Yeah, I can't imagine him doing a coach or GM or you know training or or anything else or even being like a high school coach. I don't know if I if I see that in him. So I I thought it was interesting he even did this to begin with. I don't think he always. I don't think he ever really loved the spotlight, which sounds weird to say now that a guy that's getting fired for being under the spotlight. Yeah, I don't think this is the. The, the first time we've seen uh, NBA players partying and being with uh, scantily clad women, and I do not think it'll be the last video that we see of an NBA player doing such things. No, they'll be back. They'll be doing this again. This won't even be Did the you last just hear story. Just, uh, just today, uh, James Harden is got a, uh, a, a sore, sore hammy and will be reevaluated in 10 days. So that sure sounds like he's got a couple weeks vacation. You don't think he's going to be going to strip clubs? I don't know. Sweet Lou's back in Atlanta now. He knows where the hot wings are at. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of coming back and being back, Isaiah Thomas is back. He's in the league. Isn't the best news contract. of the year? Uh, you know, it's been such a gloomy year, and I, I hate rooting for our Celtics team. It's the, it's the least fun I've ever had rooting for a Celtics roster. They're not fun to watch. And I, I'm envious every time I see old Isaiah Thomas highlights that, that, that I didn't really appreciate that era enough because – I knew we weren't going to win a championship. I was amazed we got even as close as we did, and that's what made it awesome. But I, I should have been like, this is so fun. This is so much fun. And I hope that's what we get from him again. I thought I saw some good stuff in the Olympics. You know, he put up some points. He could still shoot. He looks a little bit healthier than he has been in the last, like, four years. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. This could be the best news of the year. This may be better than Duke getting eliminated. Well, we weren't eliminated we couldn't play because of COVID. Well, yeah, no, that's how you're right. the story. You're the, that's how the history books will remember it. You're right. You you ended the season on a win, but you didn't win the championship. Congratulations. 
we were on uh, a two-game winning streak. <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait to hear the back uh, the backflip struggles. It's like, yeah, now, now my back's messed up, or now now I have a tweak in my neck. Yeah, what is well, yeah? What's the what's the best case scenario for you? For me? Yeah. Uh, I well, I can tell you the worst case scenario is that this becomes bizarrely easy, and suddenly you're like, look at me doing backflips at parties now. Just you become that guy. I just do it all the time. Yeah, I, I'll be it's honest. Like if you... some, it's a skill that I just unlock. There was part of me that was like, if I got really good at this, that would be like a, a cool party resume thing. But it's also like, I'm not that guy in any way. Like, why do I think I would suddenly be able to do that? If I thought I could do that, I think I would have been already working towards it. I feel like I've been working against it my whole life, <laughs> especially this It definitely year. feels much more of a, uh, a high school, college at a party thing than a uh, guys in their 30s at a party sort of thing of like, Hey, 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 man! Like, I'm here with my kids. Could could you just kind of be careful doing that? Like, maybe just go outside. All right. This is absolutely a skill set I don't want to have on a party weekend. Like at a bachelor party, I don't want to suddenly have in the back of my mind. Oh yeah, you can do a backflip. Everyone's gonna love that. Because the second, I think the second you start losing your balance, your control a little bit is when this really becomes a, a hospitalization kind of issue. I think though the risk reward is just it's not great. If no. you can do it, I think it's half the people are just going to go, hmm, pretty cool, and half are just going to look at it and say, oh, I guess that guy really needs attention. And that's the best case for you. The worst case is just you land on your head, you land on, you just don't land it in general. And then everyone is just like, man, that guy does not know his own abilities. No, this no, is I, embarrassing. I got a new worst case for you. The new worst case is not only do you fail, but someone else comes up and just does it on their first try. And they've been drinking <laughs> just like you because they've been a gymnast for their whole life. And they just whip one out like they watched you go up and In say like you were going to do it. And work boots. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's that's the new worst case scenario right there where someone just comes up and shows you up and be like, yeah, how long did you work on that? <laughs> Okay, so that is your that's that's your best case scenario. That's what you're hoping for. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's gonna be me, by the way. All right, once you go out and struggle, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you up. You're you're gonna figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I've already. I'll be honest. I was already trying to contemplate like, how can I even cheat this? Like, am I getting wires out? Can I can I pull some like camera gag? There has to be something uh, on my, YouTube. My favorite one was uh the 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 gif you sent me where it's a guy that like bends down into a squat and as he's about to jump up you could just see it just freezes and then there's just a <laughs> box around him that just rotates <laughs> over it's I, like oh yeah th that might have to be the route that uh that we have to go i'll i'll tell you this you don't have to convince me you just got to convince the listeners that you did it i i really don't <laughs> care i mean as long as it looks legit to me i'm not going to be the one ruling on it so. See, I don't, I don't want to get hurt but I, I think it would be cool if there was like a like if there was like a build-up like for the video, like that would probably be the best for, for content, right. Of, okay. Like going through like that, that, that video that you, you showed me, which kind of started all this of the, the gymnast showing the, the, the guy how to do it of, okay, like jump up in the air, throw your hands up. Okay. Roll on your back. Like there were like three steps, just kind of going through that and, you know, being kind of close and then, you know, hopefully not too many more times than being able to do it. It was like building it up. Have you, have you thought of a foam pit kind of low key solution here? Like, is there, is there a, a, a bunch of extra mattresses somewhere that we can, we can set up and stage this sort of actual safe practice right now? Or, or are you going to go more of a helmet and elbow pads kind of direction? Helmet seems smart. 
Um, no, I haven't thought of padding. I don't know where I'm going to get that. That's something that's going to have to take some take some thought. Uh, an interesting thing that has happened since this has come out, I've had two different people tell me an acquaintance of theirs knows how to do a backflip and then gone to ask that acquaintance about it and both of them being like, yeah, I don't know how to do a backflip. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> so just, just an odd thing. <laughs> maybe maybe this is just gets add to your resume. You never do this. Like we never even reference it again. This is just, yeah, Zach did one. So when do you think I have to start attempting and like, do I have like a deadline? What's, what's, what's the deal with that? I, I'll give you until the next tournament starts. I think you are pushing the, the, the pressure more of like, you want to get it done before the next Duke game. I'm totally cool with either. I'll, I'll even give you just Christmas. Uh, the thing is, I I, would like to. I'd like to get it done soon, like summertime at the at the earlier. Well, that's once, the other thing. Filming more towards this, Christmas and basketball. Filming this is, I mean, unless you have an inside area, you think you could do a backflip safely without hurting yourself or anyone else, and being able to record it. I, I guess you could do it in the winter somewhere, but I'm I'm just imagining this is going to have to be an outdoor activity, yeah, which is limiting you to good weather and and not rain, <laughs> so. Uh, unless you want to be some real badass doing it in your winter clothes and some boots, you know, why, why don't we just do that it with some skis? That seems way harder. Yeah, you can do Snow it with skis. Snow would help. There you go. Do it with some skis or a sled or something. I'll count that. Oh, that seems way harder. That seems like more speed and more height. Tell you what, if you want to use like a dirt bike or a bicycle, you know, I'm 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 opening up the door here if this is making your life easier. I don't think it is, but if you haven't thought of ideas, I, I don't see why that shouldn't count. It's a backflip. Hmm. I, do you think that'd be easier though? I, I'm not a BMX biker by any means. I think even just saying that sounds how foreign it is to me. I haven't done a backflip uh, ever, so I don't really know if there's a there's an easier route. You can do a cartwheel. I'm pretty sure. So, I, well, I could do one on the, same, on same the big trampoline. Idea. On the big trampoline, I used to be able to do one. I don't think I would even attempt one now. I don't think I'd even attempt getting on the trampoline now. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? Maybe I start practicing at a pool. That'd be great. You got a go-to pool? Yes. Yes. Our number one, one of, one of our number one fans, Sean, Sean Pelletier. He has a pool. <laughs> yeah, I hope he has insurance, too. <laughs> I'm not, I think, I think I'm going to be fine. I'm going into the pool. That's the, that's the safety. No, the, the, the not safety is the, the concrete surrounding everything. And the, and the wet, the, the do not run floor or, or all the way around it. The, it's already wet. I think, I think, yeah, I think maybe, maybe the pool is the, uh, is the start to figure out how, how close I am and how more likely, how far away I am from being able to do it and what sort of, uh, training I need to do to get the explosiveness that's, that's required or the, the tuck and all, all the, all the gymnast terms I'm going to have to learn. All right, we got about 10 minutes left to talk about some Sam Darnold moves right here. But before we do that, is there anything else you want to touch up on this this bet here? Or we're feeling good? Uh, this was way more fun when you had to do it. You know, I told my mom yesterday that I, I didn't I didn't lose the bet, so I didn't have to do anything silly this year. And she's like, oh, so what does Zach have to do? And I said, do a backflip. And she's like, oh, that's not nearly the same. Like, you had to dress up. You had to go buy heels at a store. Like, you, I had to do... <laughs> I do a variety of simple things that embarrass me in front of a lot of people. 
and and then they didn't feel like these were a consequence. And I was like, no, but my consequences are pretty much wrapped up in a day. You know, it's a pretty embarrassing excursion in public, but it's wrapped up in a day. This is going to be, I think, at least four months of, you know, it might even be just a month until you get hurt and then five months after when you're <laughs> finally recovered. So I, To recover. Uh, I The last thing I was going to propose right now is should we put it like a timetable on like what if this just isn't possible? Like is there – do we want to even play out that? I, I, I got to at least – I think I have to at least uh, start some some attempts before I can just chalk it up to like have some sort of, uh, of an end date. So – I think we'll 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 hold off, and then if I if I get into it of just, I, I just one of those like I, I think I could try to do this a uh, hundred times, and it's just it's just not working. Then then we'll figure something else out. Maybe I'll have to do like all of the uh, all of the penalties you had to do, or something as a as a as a, <laughs> as a, as a ultimate penalty or something. So what's that? Shaved legs, high heels, and a Jackie Moon jersey. Uh yeah, a, I think so. And a, and a, but and a corn to, dog. To what your uh, what you what your parents mentioned. I think that this year was definitely different, but I think a lot of it was COVID where we couldn't have done really any of the things that you did to the same level in, in these COVID times. I, I just think it's one less shame I've, I've put on my parents over the past, past consequences. So <laughs> I think that was more of it. We're like, all right, let's spread some shame on Zach. Let's, let's throw some stuff. And then it's like, we're going to watch this cool guy do a backflip and you had to watch you shave your legs. Like, yeah. All right. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you're unable to do it, we're just going to trade you to Carolina. They'll 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 make you play quarterback over there. They'll uh, you got you got experience. Uh, speaking of trade to Carolina, here Sam Darnold is no longer playing for the Jets. He is up and on the move. I think we had some idea that he was going to be on the move. I think a lot of people anticipated the 49ers as the the team of choice. I did not think uh, Carolina was going to make a move like this, and I thought if they did make a move like this, it'd be a little bit more of a splash. I I could take or leave Darnold over Bridgewater. I don't I don't know who's going to win. I I kind of think Bridgewater is going to beat him out, but a lot of people seem to think that he's suddenly going to flip the switch on a better team and a better coach and all that. Uh, who won the trade here, man? It it seems odd to give up this much in a trade if he is not going to be the main guy. I don't know if they'll do the football speak and say it's everyone's got to earn their earn their spot, but you just gave up a uh, a twenty twenty one sixth round pick and a twenty twenty two second and fourth round pick, so kind of a lot. Uh, the Jets had just traded up in twenty eighteen, so three years ago, and picked Arnold with the with a third pick. Uh, it seems like peak Sixers tanking and just kicking the can down the road. It is the, as the GM saying, well, you can't fire me. Can't fire me. Just wait, just wait. This is all going to work out. Don't you worry about it. So as uh, someone that's in the same, uh, same division as, as the jets, I like it because uh, I mean, I feel like really haven't seen much from Sam Darnold. So there, there could be something there. It, he's only been in the, in the league a few years. He definitely had the, what was it, pneumonia? He had something bad for a while that was, like, weird, right? He, he had no, mono, he had mono. mono. He had mono, like a, like a high mono, schooler. Yeah. Kissing disease. Yeah, so just weird and, yeah, like get, get some better coaching just just to see see what, what, what works there. Clearly the Panthers are interested to give up that sort of uh, sort of draft capital. 
But I, th- I think it seems like the Jets are just kicking the can down the road. Well, the bizarre thing for me is that if Darnold wasn't that, it's like they're trading him because they think he's good suddenly. But if he was good, wouldn't you want to keep him? But if he's bad, you of course you want to get rid of him. But I just thought they would have been smarter to hold on to him, draft a guy, and then figure it out from there. Like, what was the big... I thought the big reason Darnold is struggling is because his team isn't good and you can't come in as a rookie and play on a bad team and have any success. The quarterback can't flip the entire switch. You've got to build some stuff around him. So, like, I, I get... At least not a young one. I get all of that. But the, the one thing you can do is you go through these rough years for one or two years and maybe by year four, the team's rebuilt and this guy's been through the, the hell of it and is actually ready. But instead, they said, oh, we wasted three years putting a rookie in a position where he's going to fail... Why don't we just do that again and see if it works this time? It, it wasn't like, why don't we build off of what we did last time? It was like, oh, no, we'll just reset the whole same strategy. We'll draft a, a, a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback, and we'll put him in the, with a bad team and then see if he turns into something in three years, and we won't do any other changes to the team. We won't make them better. We'll give him a new coach every year. We'll fire the coordinators halfway through each year. It's, it, it's bizarre to me that they feel like they're – improving in all of this when it was like they didn't build off of anything it, it, it's like cutting off a limb after you just grew it back <laughs> I, I i agree I, I agree and power power to him like i said glad uh glad they're still uh in in our division but uh, do you think bridgewater's gonna beat him out like who would you have who would you rather have if you're the carolina team I think in a lot of different situations, they might be better than one another in certain situations. But the situation they're in now is Carolina. You got a couple good wide receivers, a lot of maybe not big name guys, but, you know, big fantasy guys. There's some low-key, low late draft pick steals here. Those third-round wide receivers are all all the rage this year. That's going to be what you're going to want, some of that Curtis Samuel numbers. Uh, I think you gotta you got to go with, with Darnold and just spend a bunch of draft capital on him, see what he's got, find out for sure. I think we kind of know what – Teddy Two Gloves has got, and Teddy Two Gloves is a perfect backup because Darnold will probably get banged up at some point, and then you'll be a little bit excited that uh, Bridgewater's coming in and see what he's got. Who do you do you think Darnold has the edge coming in then? Because it's weird that they just yeah. traded for Darnold; they gave him all that, and that's his value. But on the flip side, they just paid Bridgewater last year, and it wasn't like nothing. It was it's a decent contract, so that's his value. So I don't know. Who has the leverage going in of we promised you this and now we promised them that and we're just going to see what happens. I, I don't know who really – I I think Bridgewater's going to end up being the guy, but I don't know. I I'd, I guess I'd be happy to see Darnold have some success, and it's a hell of a lot easier route for him now that he's in Carolina than ever being in New York. That, that just was never going to happen. Uh, well, it's April, Zach. Springtime. Easter just passed. Got my Greek Easter next month. Uh, getting my second vaccination at the end of the month here. Uh, you, you got your first one yet? Mine is coming up on uh, on Thursday. Oh, man. Look, at, look at the times changing right now. Look, look at the... It's almost over. We're, we're almost through all of it. This whole COVID era. Duke not being in the tournament. Syracuse still being in the tournament, doing weird things. What a year very weird uh uh <laughs> i don't i don't really know how to gloat as a winner right now i'm much better as the loser complainer guy I, so <laughs> yeah we should we should go back to that next year uh 
If I lost this year, I might have never bet again. I, I just if I can't. I don't think you can do that. I think that is written in your contract. <laughs> I'll just make the we'll make a bet amongst the interns. All right, we'll I'll have one, you can have the other, and they'll do the consequences for us. They'll represent us and do them. I don't think they get paid enough to do that. They don't get paid at all. They're interns. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe we can make one of these bets into some sort of NFT or something. Think there any future in uh, Will with some shaved legs and a Jackie Moon shirt? Uh, might might be worth a worth, worth a try. It's a pretty new uh, new space. Everyone seems to be trying to figure it out. Like the, the the thing about everyone analyzing over this, be like, how the hell could something like that be worth that much? It's because somebody paid for it. You know, it, it's it's like uh, it's like when you go on Pawn Stars. They're like. Uh, uh, somebody's I'm selling this painting and I saw it listed online for this much. He's like, well, that's what it's listed for. What did it sell for? Like that's, yeah, that's exactly how the, the, the value of these is crazy. And I don't know who all these people are getting the money to invest in all this stuff, but I don't know. We, we got a Garza one. He's trying to do something crazy. Yeah. So this is going to actually uh, happen later, later tonight. Luca Garza, he'll be the first collegiate athlete to develop uh, an NFT It'll be, I believe it's four pictures uh, of himself. And so if anyone's just joining in, NFT, non-fungible token. We've talked about uh, NBA Top Shot before. And with NBA Top Shot, it's an NBA player. It's a, it's a short highlight. But with an NFT in general, it's just something that has uh, a serial, certain serialized, and it can be a video, uh, could be a, a GIF could just be uh, a picture so basically think of it as just a, a digital version of something digital digital playing cards he is doing this a little bit different where with nba top shot usually there are thousands or at least hundreds released these will just be one of ones so pretty much you buy it you're the only one that owns it uh it seems like he's a little nervous about just going the nft route if that's going to work and so, in addition to the NFT, uh, the winner of the auction will also receive a pair of autographed shoes, a chance to play a game of horse with Garza, and also dinner and a movie with the uh, Iowa's all-time leading scorer. And those shoes are game-worn from when he set the uh, set the, the school record. Uh, I'm not buying it, but someone will, and I guess that's the point of it. Well, and that's where... Louis Garza won the a, the, uh, the the player of the year. He was real close last year. Just lost uh, to Ain't No Stopping, Obi Toppin. Uh, so very successful college player. Uh, played, you know, in the in uh, you know in Iowa. So not uh, a team that I'm a fan of. But I would definitely be interested in a college version of NBA Top Shot, especially where those players are around uh, for a shorter amount of time. I feel like the fan base is just different than uh nba fan bases and i think this fits in very nicely with the supreme court uh hearing that's going on right now about name image and likeness where he's the first college athlete to do it but it's it's kind of a misnomer because he just grad like he's going to graduate and so he, he's done he's done playing he's done being an amateur so that's how he's able to to, to do this but if he were to be playing again next year he would not be able to do this under the current rules and i think it goes to well how are these players even gonna you know make any money and just well 
you as the people making the rules don't worry about this so much let them figure out how they're going to make money and here's a way that is pretty pretty unique uh, and uh is the nft boom is just kind of kind of taking over it seems like everything well there's your economic knowledge for the week it's so crazy i i can't wait till like remember when twitter said it felt weird like just different i can't wait till this mm -hmm. feels normal like that's gonna be the weirdest part but we'll be back next week thank you as always for listening and congratulations to alan please reach out to us on one of our social media accounts so that we can get you your winnings and better luck next year everybody including my co-host <laughs> we'll be back well, little column a little column b